and welcome to another episode of Convincing Coffee Break with me, Mandy Brown and Richard Snape. Today, Richard, I understand we're going to talk yet again about the Building Safety Act 2022 and what's been happening recently, yeah. in particular, the changes to landlord certificates. Well, shall I tell you the good news first? Yeah, what's been happening while everybody's been enjoying the sunny weather? Well, they've changed the lender's handbook, part one. The thing that started everybody to, you know, sort of off on the building safety out when the lender's handbook added 5.14.17 in England only. That's probably worth mentioning at the beginning, actually, that um, none of what I am about to say applies to Wales because we're still waiting for the Welsh government to tell us what height the building has to be to come in within the leaseholder protection. So unfortunately, if you do work in, in Wales, I can't help you quite yet. And I suppose, as you probably know, I've memorised part one of the UK Finance Mortgage Lenders Handbook because I'm on mastermind doing it as my specialist subject. It's the thing that originally said that uh, you had to provide copies of the landlord certificate and uh, leaseholders' deeds of certificate for, to the mortgage company and didn't mention anything about the height of the building because the, the legislation, the leaseholder protections, part five of the Act, which have caused all the problems, only apply to relevant buildings, basically 11 metres or more in height uh, or if uh, alternatively uh, five stories or more in height and the original lenders handbook uh, just out of oversight quite honestly didn't deal with that there's a new version that says it only applies to relevant buildings and then gives you a web link to the government's guidance on what a web relevant building is so it's always been the case but it's beyond doubt now you don't have to tell the mortgagees about less than 11 meters or five story high buildings so that's the good news first time we've attempted that on the building safety act for those people that are not aware, can you tell us about some of the background, please? Yeah, I'll give you the background and then sort of tell you what's changed. They've decided to make uh, some of the leaseholder protections, the service charge caps, more difficult, uh, more complicated than they were before, which is, a, as far as I can see, an act of genius uh, to be able to do that. But um, again, I'm sort of, you know, not just for those who are not just not those are not aware, but it's probably worth recapping. The uh, provisions, the leaseholder protections came in on June the 28th of last year. And the starting point is if you're dealing with life critical fire safety issues, basically external combustible cladding and a few other things besides, then they should be a part of a mediation scheme. Landlords can't add the cost of service charge. People don't always realize that. If the building is 18 meters or more in height, it's got residential units, then it's uh, the government who should pay via a building safety fund, which you can sign up to. If it's above 11 metres or 11 metres or more in height, then it should be part of uh, a developer's remediation fund. Yeah, probably in passing is worth mentioning that there's also in July, July the 4th, there was some uh, building safety responsible actors scheme and prohibitions regulations that came into force. Developers who've got sort of uh, sufficient net worth have to sign up, otherwise they'll be refused planning permission for all but the smallest developments. And if the developer goes ahead with, uh, you know, with the developments, then you'll be breaching planning permission, which is obviously something for the conveyances to know about. If you've already uh, got planning permission and the developers don't sign up to the scheme, not every last one, then you're not supposed to be able to get building control certificates unless you've already exchanged contracts on the property. So that's a little aside. But the leaseholder protections under the Building Safety Act Part 5 is everything but you know combustible cladding, any safety work. 
relevant defects, as they're called, in relation to fire safety, structural safety, collapse, that kind of thing. The starting point is that if the landlord is the developer or associated with the developer, the landlord should pay for, for any safety work can't have the cost of service charge. But also, if the landlord, together with associates, meets the contribution conditions, it's called, in that they, together with their um, associates, uh, have net worth on February the 14th, 2022, Valentine's Day, when everything kicks in, if they have a net worth of, of um, more than £2 million per affected building, you, you can't have the cost of service charge. Outside that, if the flat on February the 14th last year was worth 175, less than 175,000 or 325,000 in London, you can't charge for, your safety, for safety work. And uh, if uh, you, well, the last sort of proviso, if you like, is uh, you can't charge more than 10,000 pounds in any sort of year or 15,000 pounds in London. Uh, so get that right. So you can't charge more than £10,000 in any 10-year period going back to July the 28th, 2017, or £15,000 in London. You know, you're limited to, to that in relation to safety work. And it's incredibly complicated. And it's led to the introduction of those leaseholder deeds, a certificate that leaseholders have to fill in behest of landlords and kind of sort of fill in and sign up and send to the landlord at any time. And also landlord certificates that require huge amounts of information about assets and group structures and all these kind of things. When lots of landlords don't want to question their service, you know, the fact they can't have the cost of service charge, or they obviously meet the contribution condition there net worth is far higher than two million pounds per effective building but they're all filling in these forms and the likes and that's what uh, the changes are meant to deal with together with other things besides that you can see me uh printer so what do the new regulations say yeah well it's uh the building safety leaseholder protections etc england amendment regulations of 2023 it's got to have the word etc in because there were some other Building Safety and Leaseholder Protections Amendment in England Amendment regs in February, which amended some of the obvious defects. So this is the next state, and it won't be the last. It does quite a few things. It was introduced into Parliament on July the 12th. Uh, it passed through Parliament on August the 5th, and it's not for obvious reasons being very much publicised, although it's massively significant. Saturday in the middle of the summer holidays is always a good day to change the law dramatically. But uh, the most obvious thing it does is uh, change the landlord certificates. As of August, this, there is some guidance that came out in August the 10th, which to some extent contradicts the regulations, but that's uh, pretty typical of the legislation. You should be, landlords should be filling in the new landlord certificates now and not the old ones since August the 5th. And I suspect a large number of landlords, well, there's a lot of landlords who don't do know to this day that they should be filling in anything should you get you should be getting the new version and you're supposed to give as long as it's a relevant building the landlord certificates not just to qualifying leaseholders but to non-qualifying leaseholders as well although i can't see much of a remedy if you don't send to non-qualifying leaseholders and they've changed the information that has to be provided by the landlord dependent on the nature of the landlord it's very complex there's basically half a dozen situations where different types of landlords don't have to provide all the information or any of the information on one occasion they uh there's 10 different sets of information the best thing if you need to fill these in i can 
suggest to you is look at the government guidance on the regulations and there's a table at the end you'll probably lose the will to live looking at it but it'll tell you for different types categories of people most obviously is the landlords who meet the contribution condition who can't charge for safety work via service charge right because they have no associates net assets net worth so on february the 14th 2022 was more than two million pounds per effective building and they don't have to provide supporting information they're just liable or if they have if they don't want to charge via service charge or if they don't believe there's a relevant defect, they don't have to provide information. But there's other situations, for instance, if the landlord doesn't think themselves responsible but is uh, you know, not sort of associated with the uh, developers and the likes, but uh, meets the uh, contribution condition, they have to provide information in relation to things like the group structure and evidence that you weren't associated with uh, you know the developers or you weren't part of a joint venture and also when evidence that the property was built before or converted before 1992 June the 28th 1992 is the relevant period for defects to be decided so that's the most obvious thing I think there's a huge numbers of landlords who are not filling in the right forms at the moment do you want me to go on with the other changes which fairly briefly I'm sure very briefly that would be very helpful well there are pitfalls galore for the landlords and not necessarily good news I mean, in the past, under the previous landlord certificates, you had to provide a landlord certificate before you could charge for safety work. You had to provide a landlord certificate, or if the leaseholder asked you for one, you had to provide it within four weeks. If uh, you found became aware that there was a sale of the property going to be happening, you had to provide within four weeks. And you also had to provide within four weeks if you've become aware that there's additional works you want to charge for safety works for your service charge. There's a fifth situation where landlords have to now provide a landlord certificate, and that's if they get a leaseholder deed certificate from the leaseholders that's got information in it that wasn't dealt with by the original landlord certificate. If they don't provide in those circumstances in time, they can't charge for safety work. They are, uh, and well, Again, neither can anybody else down the line. And there's one, there's quite a few other things that are happening, but the other one, which is a huge pitfall for landlords, is that if they get a leaseholder's deed of certificate, or if they provide a landlord's certificate to the leaseholder, they have to copy in various other people, basically any right to manage company, any residence management company. The residence management company owns the freehold and leaseholder protections don't apply but if they're just an intermediary and also a body called the named manager and the named manager is basically somebody who's responsible for repairing maintenance but is not the landlord or the freeholder if you don't do that you can't charge anybody including non-qualifying leaseholders for safety work and i can think you're going to expect a lot of uh, changes they've also changed the people who can ask for remediation orders requiring work to be done or remediation contribution orders where the landlord meets part of the cost. In the past, it's uh, applied to things like the fire authority could go to the tribunal requiring this or a local authority or the building safety regulator or anybody with a legal or equitable interest in the property. The remediation orders can also be applied for by the by Homes England. The original draft legislation said it was the Homes and Communities Agency. They haven't existed since June of 2018, which worries me. But uh, Homes England, and likewise, the remediation contribution orders can be provided by you know, at the behest of, of uh, Homes England. Any right to manage company, any residence management company, 
for anybody who's a nominated manager. So those are the changes, plus a few others. And I say, make sure you're fully aware, especially if you're a landlord. To some extent, it's the tenant's best interest if the landlords don't know. So that's more or less the amendment regs, etc. So Richard, is there anything in the pipeline for the near future? I'd quite like to. It's not going to happen, unfortunately, but I'd quite like to see the whole thing started over again and asking about it, convincing the profession about it. There's just been published uh, on August the 17th, that's the 18th today as we record, a series of regulations amending higher risk residential buildings. And I will lay money on the facts there'll be further amendment regulations to leaseholder protections. So good luck to you, especially you landlords and landlords advisors, and have a nice summer. Well, thank you very much, Richard, again, for a very informative episode. Until next time, and hopefully something other than the BSA. Oh, who knows? <laughs> Bye for now. Bye. You have been listening to another episode of Convincing Coffee Break the only podcast for busy convincing professionals brought to you by Lawshore Insurance Brokers, an award-winning UK provider of title insurance. For more information on our free conferences, go to www.lawshoreinsurance.co.uk where you can download recent conference recordings.